iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the game World Cup 22. As we approach the start of the tournament on Sunday, our very own Jonathan Northcroft has sat down for a special bonus edition alongside England's record goalscorer, Wayne Rooney. I guess we've got to start with your metatarsal injury and you've told the story many times. I was interested to know what the chain of events was from doing the injury to you know the bit that we know about, which is the wrangle over when you were yeah. whether you were fit or not. Did you go to a hospital in London? Did you? Um, no, I went in Manchester. Okay. So got the bus. I can't remember bus or train. Yeah, or flight. Actually, I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Back to Manchester, so I went mm-hmm. to the hospital in Manchester. Mm-hmm. We done the X-ray first, and sometimes you don't see it on the X-rays, but you could see straight away. Right, um, big split. So you knew straight away, and then. Um, done the scan obviously mm-hmm. to see exactly what it was if there was any ligament damage and stuff which um, thankfully there wasn't it was just a clear break so really from that day I went in I was with um, the club doctor physio was we got a oxygen chamber out so we put that in the car park at Carrington and I was in that for about 10 days 180 minutes a day I was always I was asking does it work and they were like <laughs> I don't think there was any evidence yeah I was like well I sat in here for 180 minutes a day um, that was that was horrible so we've done that for about 10 days obviously doing me gym work and rehab and, and stuff and it wasn't actually that long I think it was about three weeks mm-hmm. um, and I was back on the grass um, Alan Smith was injured at the time yeah I remember um, he was coming back from his is when he broke his ankle. Yeah. Um, so we were going out on bike. We got lost actually. We went out on a bike ride <laughs> um, with the physio and ended up getting lost. So we, I think we'd done about 70 miles. Around Carrington? Out around Manchester. Yeah. Around, where's that area there? It's um, around Sale, is it? Yeah. But then we was back on the grass after about three weeks and it was sore. I could feel, yeah. still feel it around the ball. Um, I just pushed through it and mm-hmm. I knew once I was on the grass I knew I'd, it'd be okay but you say you knew it'd be okay I mean I guess you were just determined to play but at the back of your mind were there any like question marks that I might be able to play but I won't be at my best not really because you're always you're always think you're, you're going to be fine and um and fitness wise I went out for that long yeah fitness wise so you always think you're, you're fine obviously I was doing stuff um, mm. in the gym but the, the thing you miss is obviously the games and the training mm. which um, that takes a, obviously a bit of time to to build up so um, but at the time um, I didn't think that When did it become clear to you that Fergie might have preferred if you didn't go? I think I knew there was arguments 
between him and Sven and, and United and England and yeah, and that's when he sent the independent specialist over and left the decision to him. So, but not I, I was always wanting to go. I was, yeah. was going to be there, um, and um, obviously he was trying to do the best for United. Yeah, obviously, um, and and England obviously wanted me there. So um, I thought I would do everything I could really to try and get fit. And I remember you telling me the independent specialist how he tested your <laughs> your foot. Could you just yeah, that? he. Um, he come out we did a little bit on the grass and then we walked in into the room and he just stamped on my foot <laughs> I think he was a shoulder specialist was he? I think okay. so so I didn't get it right. so he just said yeah you fit <laughs> that was it so um, it was it was strange the whole thing was strange really. I flew back and forth from Germany a couple of times yeah. and um, so the whole preparations went mm. went right um, from that point of view and it's only when you look back and you get a little bit older and you think mm. What are you doing? It's, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done it, and mm. um, and that's probably what Fergie was 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 seeing as well. So looking back, I shouldn't have went, but um, yeah. at the time I was doing everything I could to be there. I think you were in an impossible position though, because if if you hadn't gone, that would be very difficult to digest as a young player. Yeah, and and that's at the time that's what I was just looking, and um, I've always been positive as well. So I think I was just thinking, right, I'll, I'll come in and. Um, get me training and get um, and I was always looking thinking if I get into the into the knockout stages that's when I'll mm-hmm. be, be at my best and I actually think the Polish game I was playing okay um, before I got sent yeah. off as well so I think I was starting to yeah. at the Sweden game where I didn't do that well um, Ecuador game but I, I think I was I was starting to feel back mm. to almost getting towards full fitness. Sweden was difficult because Michael got injured very early, didn't he? Yeah, Michael done his cruciate in the early on, and um, so yeah. And normally, England Sweden games are boring anyway. Yeah. So normally, there's not many goals in them, and yeah. Um, so it's just frustrating. That was that was just purely a pressure of mm. putting on myself. Really, were you able to shut out the, the media side of things because? You know, it was like there's a camera following your every move. He's flying back to Germany now. He's arriving at the hotel. You know, it was yeah, I, so. I didn't really think much of it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to get back on the pitch playing. So when uh, when ideal, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's um, when because they they might be when you land or you turn up the hospital, but they weren't actually following you. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I think because they knew when I was going to the hospital. And, mm-hmm. When I was flying, it was just the fact that they were just there at yeah. um, locations, really. I find it interesting that you you said earlier that in terms of the camp, it was brilliant because the perception from the outside was that, you know, Baden-Baden and, and the England camp, they got it all wrong and it was a, a circus and it was a bit of a disaster. But inside, you felt it was a really good camp. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I think the, the hotel was nice. The, everything was fine. And obviously, the stuff with the families and, and stuff, that was mm. different hotel, different place. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, when, as if we were all as one, and yeah. your families going out and coming back to your hotel, it was, that was a completely separate thing, and which happened in all the tournaments. And it's happened since. It's mm. That's... The family's going over to support yeah. and saves the fans and fans are going over and they go out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so f- for me, that wasn't really a distraction at all. Um, I think we were everything was was right. The way that squad was portrayed and you know the press was part of it as well, so we took responsibility. But I think we portrayed you guys as a quite 
egotistical squad, lots of big egos playing for top clubs, maybe didn't get on with each other and believed their own hype. I didn't see that. And I've heard yeah. players, I'm, I'm surprised actually, I've heard players yeah. um, come out and, and say, all these players are sat here, these are here. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see that at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's me being bland because I'd speak to all of them. Like after games, I'd sit up with Ashley Cole and Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, so the United Chelsea thing didn't matter. So no, I'd become really close with with Ash. So I'd sit up with them. Um, I'd be sitting with Steely. So I very rarely actually sat with the United lads. Yeah, to get away from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I very rarely sat with them, and um, I, I didn't see that at all. I've actually got the bit of it was on that film. Yeah. I've got a DVD from the whole camp. Oh, is that the um, behind the scenes? Yeah, the, the, the which back. clearly shows that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you watch that back, so I don't. I'm surprised when I see players yeah. coming out saying that. And maybe that was a bit before my time um, when that was happening. But in my time, I, I didn't see that. Why didn't it click on the pitch the way that we expected? It to? I think the first thing Sven come out in the thing and said. If everyone's fit, this will be starting 11. And I think that for the lads who weren't in that starting 11 was tough. I, was, um, I think that was a mistake from, from Sven to do that. Um, we, we literally have one, one way of playing, one system. And I think, and again, when you look back, you could say you had Scholes, Gerard Lampard. You play dancing in the field. Yeah. Um, so you, you go with one striker and. Um, so there's always things you can look back on and say, if we'd done this, we'd have a better chance. And and then we were unlucky. I think in, in 2004, Scotland penalties, 2006 Scotland penalties, both in the yeah. quarterfinals. If you win one of them, you, you could quite easily have gone and won yeah. one of the tournaments. So um, it's that bit of luck which, yeah. which you need. That's interesting. Because do you feel that... In 2006, the team was actually growing. It was starting to come together. Yeah, I think and you see how long the lads play with 10 men. Um, against Portugal and arguably the better team yeah. um, in that as well. And um, So to, to lose on penalties, it's obviously always hurt and disappointing. But yeah. um, that's when, ever I say, mm. any team needs a bit of luck to the tournament to win it. It's interesting because the, the Portuguese keeper Ricardo said recently in, a, in an interview that they were playing for penalties. I think we were unlucky and mm-hmm. people say, oh, we failed, which we did because we didn't win anything. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think we were a bit unlucky in the two tournaments yeah. in 2004 and 2006. You touched on Sven. What was he like as a manager? That was his last tournament and he paid a bit of a price, I guess, for not winning with a golden generation. Yeah. But did you like him? Did you think he did, did a good job for England? Yeah, I think he. I think he's he done well again. It's mm. you judged on on performances and whether you win win stuff, of course, and he he never done that. But um, I think we we done well in 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 some of the tournaments, and we were unlucky. And mm. as a manager, he was really calm. Obviously, you, you see his demeanour and um, and really well liked by the players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that one mistake he made is when he named the team yeah. um, and said that that'd be my team. But yeah. um, I think the one thing we didn't have then is what we've got now is we didn't have that depth in yeah. in the squad. Yeah, I mean he was he was I guess the big sort of obsession was the midfield, Gerard and Lampard, where should Beckham play? When you think about it with Gerard Lampard, Scholes, Beckham, Hargreaves, Carrick, 
it's going to be hard for any manager to make sense of that as a you know get get those players into a team how do you think he could have done it differently play three in there play three. it gives him one extra option yeah because I think one of the issues obviously we have Bex on the right mm-hmm. um, one of the issues was, was wild left he didn't really have a, yeah. a wild left player um, so I, I think he, he, I could have went and played on the left um, yeah. and he could play Michael up top um, and you'd have been happy to do that yes yeah, of course yeah um, I think Scolzi out there or Stevie played out there a few times um, was, was wasted really in terms of, of yourself and not being 100%, you revealed recently that actually it wasn't necessarily the metatarsal, but it was what happened in training when you arrived. Yeah. Can you just tell Yeah, no, it was my first session back and um, we were jogging around in the wall and I, I pinged the ball and, and I felt me going quite safe away. So mm-hmm. from that, really, uh, I literally every day was just getting work on. I was on painkillers, um, surrounding, knowing... Um, I was managing it. I was. Yeah. I, I knew um, I could get to. I'm normally right at stuff like that. Where, mm. um, I can manage them and play through injuries, but um, it's quite ideal. When you told me that, I found it incredible because the thing I remember from that Portugal game was how much ground you had to cover. Yeah. You're almost like a one-man attack, and then we were sat in and knocking yeah. the ball in the channels for you and stuff. I mean, that was hard, hard going that day, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you can match that year adrenaline and everything. Um, it's normally you mm. take tablet painkillers and, and stuff and I always remember um, it was I think it was just before the first, the first might have been the Sweden game actually, mm-hmm. before the game where I've been at work on it and it's bled and my whole thigh was black I think it's so I remember like trying to obviously hide it and like stuff like wear the shorts eh? yeah but um, yeah I just thought it, mm. I'd get through it and, and didn't report it really and then mm. I went for a scan after the tournament and it was a six centimetre tear. Did, it, did that put you out for did that compromise the pre-season? Um, I think I was, it was just at the, mm. at the first week of pre-season I started and mm. I actually got sent off again in pre-season. We played Porto on one of them, it was never a red card. <laughs> um, so the Dutch, because yeah. it's a, a tournament. Oh, now I remember. The you were Dutch, suspended. Yeah, the Dutch um, FA passed on to the English FA and said, you can suspend them or, or not it's up to you whatever and they banned me for three games yeah the FA because Scolzi got sent off as well in the same game yeah so they banned me and Scolzi I remember now the FA which Stevie got sent off the year before I did nothing so yeah. that was I think that was the FA's way of punishing me for getting sent off yeah yeah in the World Cup is there anything left to say about the sending off you've had to relive that moment Um, even being honest I've, I don't know whether I've meant to do it whether it's just happened I, I really don't know and I'm still not sure it's a red card yeah I'm not, I'm not sure yeah. I don't think I've you haven't stamped I haven't stamped I've just put my foot down so it's a foul anyway before that but yeah um, Carvalho is fouling you yeah but um, I honestly couldn't tell you whether yeah. it meant to or not I don't know I guess those are those heat of the moment things that maybe you're not yeah there's, you're not making there's, decisions there's times where that that happens in games yeah. and it's happened a few times with me and you, your mind just goes mm. blank and yeah. it happened yet so yeah that I, was one of them I don't think you saw Ronaldo wink at the time when did you when did, when did, when did you become aware of um, that? it was after the game I watched some um, I was watching some documentary on USA and the Olympics yeah um, have you seen that? no I haven't 
first game was he playing the US were playing it must have been Russia one of the other yeah. basketball teams I can't remember and um, Kobe Bryant was playing his teammate first thing he done was just went and flattened him right. the first play of the game really just went and flattened him and um, they're all talk- all his yeah. teammates are talking about on the documentary saying they were all in shock and that was his way of saying I'm, I'm not your teammate not today yeah. not past today so and it's similar to say with me and Ronaldo or, or anyone who you played against for that game you're, yeah. you're rivals you do anything you can yeah. to win so I mean, I mean you you diffused the situation by taking that view and by making sure that Cristiano was okay actually and looked after because you knew there'd be a lot of criticism yeah. of him in, in England yeah I think once the World Cup was over maybe mm-hmm. my focus then was on Man United yeah um, obviously I'd go away and have, have some time off but my focus was purely on United then when did you see him next was it at the training room just the first day of pre-season yeah. or he was actually yeah. I think he might have been a couple of weeks later because they were a bit further um, so just back at training yeah and did you go and have a, make a point of having a chat with him straight away or nothing just no, I spoke to him regularly on the on phone, phone. Yeah. just yeah. as normal as we would do anyway yeah. so it wasn't a big deal really I think yeah. obviously the press were trying to make it bigger um, yeah. it was actually forgot about yeah I think quite soon into that season you assisted him for a goal the first game first game um, Fulham at home um, I scored two he scored one mm. um, yeah I cut in and crossed it in and yeah he scored but not even that weren't even on our mind <laughs> that mind yeah, yeah. honestly it weren't um, it was just it's, it's so funny because that's like sometimes there's things that in the press box we're obsessed about and then speak to someone like yourself and you say it wasn't even in our thoughts yeah no, think I think no I think you can see and I can mm. see why obviously yeah. because it's um, it's obviously if I turn up and train and pull them up it's a big thing and yeah. or whatever but it were Something which actually, yeah. But I spoke to him in, after the game, um, and then spoke to him on the phone, like wishing good luck for the next. They mm. um, can't remember the play, but the, the semi-final, you know, big thing. Right. Rolling on to 2010, the thing that really sticks out for me was how good you've been in qualifying. Yeah. In particular, the Croatia game at Wembley, five-one. I remember you and Stephen had got this brilliant partnership going. I think he was playing further up the pitch, yeah. wasn't he? And, you know, in November of 2009, it just looked like England have really yeah. got it right now. They've got a top manager. They're better than they were in 2006. They've got to be massive, massive chance in this World Cup. What happened from there? I think the whole... For me, the whole preparations... Um, so the we went to Austria yeah. for ten days or two weeks or yeah. whatever it was, and that was just disastrous. He took the lads who were on standby, yeah. and they knew they were on standby. And so I remember we had the eleven eleven game, and and you could see lads were going in <laughs> trying to, to try and get that place. take someone out. Yeah. And, um, we were sat in the in your bedroom the night, yeah. um, oxygen mask on for ninety minutes um, to acclimatise, um, and it was like you're in the middle of nowhere and. Then we went home. Yeah. The lads who were on standby obviously left the squad and then we went back to Austria yeah. and it was torture. It was just like, Jesus Christ. And then we went out to the... The actual hotel and the team yeah, yeah. pitch was, was really nice. Yeah. That was um, as good as, as we are, but again, that was in the middle of nowhere. And, mm. and those things which the, the culture 
the environments which all the players used to change with Capello. Mm. So I remember they told Matthew Upson he had to lose like four kilos. Right. And Matthew, Matthew Upson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we all obviously don't have, you do your body fat yeah. and weight. And so they told um, Matthew Upson he had to lose four kilos, I think it was something like that. And I remember we were all talking about saying, how? He's got it in the squad to his performances. Yeah. You can't change one's diet now because it's. A month before the World yeah, Cup, two weeks before. You, the can't, you can't change that um, now, whatever. And we had a, a um, nutritionist come in, a nutritionist, and he was following lads up at, like, throughout the season. Right. He didn't make it to the World Cup, but he was following lads up at like four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> leaving messages. Um, so it was a bit strange um, but then the the, the training so the recovery sessions mm. the day after the game for instance um, normally what we'd like to do some of do a little jog some yeah. would stay inside do the bike and pool and whatever but we have to do these runs in which um, I think it's big in Italy obviously what they do over there and mm. there was a, a guy come in who his treatment was you to lie on the bed and then run a hair dryer over your body for four to five minutes yeah so it was all <laughs> It was all strange. Um, it was all different, and um, so it was. And I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm yeah. Just saying it was. It was all different, and I think there was too many small changes, which um, a bit different to Fergie's hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was. That uh, was mad. And Capello changed, and he was so strict. Like this, you couldn't have sauce or different butter and stuff like that. And then remember, it was. Before one game, he just completely changed into the way and write all over beer, wine, whatever. I remember that in, in Rustenburg. Yeah, that? and the lads were like, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so he, he found it different, I think, yeah. being an international manager. Well, I find that really interesting because it felt to us that he changed in the run up to the tournament. I think he dropped about six players who we thought were going to go, like Theo Walcott. Yeah. And it's and then he was trying to get people like schools out of retirement. Yeah. And it just seemed that this guy who seemed so in control, like knew exactly what he was doing, just suddenly yeah, making decisions that you rid of that. Change and um, I think there was and the players see it up and lads aren't stupid and we see an ongoing battle between John Terry and Baldini. Yeah. And you could see that yeah. on a daily basis really coming out in the press and one bit from him, one bit from him. Yeah. In Rio got injured. Yeah. Um, so there was there was a lot of disruptions yeah. in, in that squad. Yeah. What was it actually like at Rustenburg? I think you've said to me that again the story we wrote was, you know, it was like a prison camp, the players were bored. But you said to me, actually camp was fine and players can deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, that's it's normal. The hotel was nice. Yeah. But, um, you have your games room, um, you have your room where you can watch mm. the, game, the games on the TV. And that's once the World Cup starts, it was the stuff last year, first of all. Yeah. But actually, once you're in that camp and once the World Cup starts, it's brilliant. You just sat around watching games. Yeah, and fans again, yeah. Like, just sat around watching games and, and whatever. So that was all fine. Um, mm-hmm. the, the actual camp there was fine. I think the, the different disruptions, obviously, was mentioned with JT and Baldini mm-hmm. and um, obviously Rio getting injured and, um, and stuff like that. But once you're there, you're mm-hmm. like, we went out and played a game of golf. Um, At Sun City. Yeah, it was, it was fine, really. There also seemed to be a bit of a power battle between JT and Stevie. At least JT fancied being the captain and he gave a couple of interviews sort of saying as much. 
Did that were you conscious of that as players? Not really, it was captain. Stevie Stevie ended up captain. Yeah. Not really. No. When was JC captain? When was he after that? He was captain before that. Before that. I think the captaincy was taken. Take off him. Yeah. Not really. No, I think, that wasn't a factor. No, I think mm. it's um whether between the two of them. Mm. I wouldn't say from Stevie's point of view. Yeah. Um it would have been more um, it, it had to change I think what the FA have done to change rightly so because you had like when JT was captain basically mm. we had all Chelsea staff in there yeah um, so we had Chelsea massage Chelsea yeah. physios yeah um, which obviously Man United massage was in there but um, there were small things which mm. um, when you play an away game you fly back we always fly to London or Luton mm. drop the lads off from London Um Right. Then we t- we have to get off the plane, go through security, and get back on. So we went on like two hours mm. after the lads in London was, and um, then for your preparation for your club. So there was issues. So then um, yeah. when I got into captain, we ended up changing it then and then rotating it. So right. one time we do Manchester, one time we do London. Um, so it's fair. So yeah, changed it that way really. Um, but I think that was more that suited. Yeah. Obviously, all the FA officials and stuff like that as well. That we went to London, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in in the, in the tournament, um, I didn't see anything with no. with Stevie and JT on the pitch. I mean, you, you start off that USA game and on the front foot, England score really early, and for ten minutes, it does look like wow, this yeah. is Eng- England's going to roll on here. And then came the goal. Dem- Dempsey scored, and Rob Green sort of fumbled it. It seemed to me at the time watching that that affected the team more than it should have done. I don't know. I think we just, we just couldn't get down, react to that and get the second goal. Okay. Um, and then I just think it was, we went from that, then the next game was Algeria. Uh, Algeria. And I, mean, I, I remember the fans booing after like 10 minutes and you get frustrated because mm. you're doing everything, you're prepared and trying to prepare right way. You're doing everything you can to try and win. And it doesn't happen. And then you. As a player, I, I get frustrated, and that's where you see, and obviously, my frustration come out. That you you get labelled like you don't care, and, and it's far from it. It's yeah. the complete opposite. You probably yeah. care too much, and you're trying too yeah. much. So that's why you get frustrated. And I shouldn't obviously I shouldn't have said yeah. what I said down the camera, but that's that frustration that you care and you want mm. to do well. And in that tournament, I, I was like a blur the whole tournament. Why? Just I couldn't control even in training. I couldn't control the ball. Why? I don't know. I just couldn't get used to the ball. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it was the altitude there. I just, honestly... Just one of those periods. People watch me and say, and I was the same. I really? Couldn't, what was going through your mind? I, you like, I was just like, well, I don't know. I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> it was weird. Um, but your preparation, you got unlucky with an injury again, didn't you? So it wasn't the perfect preparation for you either. No. I think I had it before most tournaments, really. Yeah. Um, so that's football and you get injuries and you're never playing 100% fit anyway but for the actual tournament I was fit I was yeah. fine I just you hadn't got your rhythm yeah I just couldn't I don't know I was, I was just terrible in, in training in, in games I find it interesting that the, 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 you explain that Algeria thing really well that the, the thing that really upsets you as a player is a perception of not trying and that has been thrown at England teams yeah. at tournaments can you so explain the fans that what the actual reality is. Yeah, I think it's it's just a overwhelming pride to play for your country. Yeah. And see, I've got obviously the England flag tattooed on my arm, and yeah. 
it's a um, it's a huge honour, and you're doing everything you can to try and do well. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes you're not good enough, mm. whatever that is. But it's never through a lack of of trying. I think mm. for the players, it means everybody used to sit around um, having conversations, talking about how great it would be to do something and win something mm. for the country. And everyone's given everything really they, mm. they can, and sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. Whatever. Mm. So. Um, that was always hard for me to say. I remember we played Arsenal after I think it was after the 2010 World Cup and we played Arsenal away. We warm up and then I got absolutely battered. Did you? Arsenal fans you could never play for your country. I'm not like what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's um, and I, I get it to say this because we, yeah, you're the same. At, like having the same watching games now, and sometimes you why is he playing or what's yeah. Or, I sort of get it from the fans' point of view, but um, I think that's always a for a player to get labelled that you don't care or you're not trying. Yeah, that's tough for a player to take. Would that Algeria game be your like low point in terms of England memory? I think the whole tournament. Yeah, was honestly I don't know. Like it was like a blur, and yeah. I just couldn't focus, and um, no stuff um, come out of my private life. Mm-hmm. Um, because a couple of months after that yeah. or whatever that was but I had no idea that was that coming out I heard people say oh that must be on his mind so they were I didn't even know that was mm. coming out really. it was just football yeah I just I don't know just couldn't process the whole tournament yeah I mean and tournaments are over before they start sometimes yeah. aren't they so it's it's not like you get time yeah so it, it's just sometimes you get into a rhythm mm-hmm. and um, I just couldn't get into that mm-hmm. I couldn't Insane. Mm. It was the same. It was mad. I think the time that Fabio then said you could all have a beer was after the Algeria game, if I remember right. And he, I can't he, remember which game just. I think I think he told us as a press that it, you know it's time to let the lads relax a little bit and so on. So I think I think it was after it was Algeria. That was a check. Yeah, it was. That was strange. <laughs> the lads were like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. Like, so no one <laughs> done anything. Everyone just sat there, and then I always remember. Um, Joe Cole is funny yeah. and I'm not going to be playing anyway so we all did the sex on the beach <laughs> so he was just like he was mad so um, it was it was just so yeah. strange that like after games with Sven the players would have a beer and, yeah. and chill but with Capello it was just like yeah um, that was a no-go and yeah. um, so that was it was strange <laughs> and and you did actually do better in the final game against Slovakia the throw scored and it was, a, it was a solid enough win then you of course you end up facing Germany who are building that team that ended up winning the World Cup yeah. in 2014 were they just too good is it, is it as simple as that they were just <sighs> you got them at the wrong moment and they were a brilliant team I think if Frank scored the stores, I think we would have beat them yeah I think we obviously went down and in, then we went on the front foot and mm-hmm. we had momentum we got the, the Matthew Hudson scored yeah and then um, it's probably because he lost a bit of weight <laughs> yeah yeah, made the <laughs> um, inches, yeah. and then um, if Frank scored the stores, we had them on the back foot yeah. so I think we would have went on and won that game and and then actually even at 2-1 in the second half we were pushing mm-hmm. had a few chances and mm-hmm. they hit us on the break and yeah. once we went to 3-1 we yeah. were obviously again left ourselves open and mm-hmm. to get the fourth so um, but again that's that bit of luck mm-hmm. which we hold if, if that goes in yeah. I think potentially we could have beat them I mean when, when Frank's goal goes in 
and you could see from the press box that it was about two yards over the line. And you could see from the pitch. I was going to ask. Yeah, you could see it was clearly them. So it was. So you you're looking at the referee going, what? Yeah, you just. It's so it was so obvious, and you could. There's somewhere it is the bar bounces down, and you don't know. Yeah, that one you could clearly, was... you could clearly see it was in. So um, it was strange, really. And well, I think that was the. I think that goal was responsible for VAR effectively because that was the start of goal line technology. Oh, was that then? FIFA said we've got to do goal line technology, yeah. and then of course that leads to yeah. So um, well, yeah, you could clearly see yeah miles in. So you come off and you you've been beaten four one by Germany, and it's a good German team. Yeah, but it because it's Germany and because it's England, you know there's going to be a yeah. backlash. Um, what was the feeling after? Um, again, just flawless disappointment. Yeah. And, um, everyone just just gutted. Mm-hmm. Um, really. So then, you just you just can't wait to get on. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be rounded. You don't want to. You just want to yeah. get away and forget it. And then I've seen it where lads have been criticised like for going sick on holiday, but yeah. you, you then you've got a short window to prepare yeah. for your club. So it's. It's um, what else is supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> but and you, you're mm. constantly obviously thinking of it and mm. what you could have done different and stuff like that. So it's just a mm. yeah, it's a it's a low moment when you come out of any tournament. Voiceover describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. Voiceover on settings, so you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts. Calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The final World Cup for you is 2014. You're in a different position at that point. Suddenly you're the senior player. You've got young guys like Range Sterling and Sturridge and Jordan Henderson that you and Stephen are, you know, the senior pros trying to help them. So did it did it feel different just for you as a person going into that World Cup? A little bit, um, but not too much. We brought Steve Peters in. Yeah. Um, it was strange because I know we um, spoke with Stephen. He worked with Stephen and Liverpool. And Liverpool. Um, so I remember I spoke to, obviously Stephen was pushed for him to get in and was fine with him in. Um, but the issue I had was he was then saying, right, you have to speak to... It was going up on the board, you have to speak to Steve Peters at this time. 
So I questioned it and said, um, if the player as an individual wants to speak to me, speak to him. Yeah. If Steve Peters wants to speak to us as a team, no problem. Mm-hmm. But as an individual, the player has to be the one to to go to him because all of a sudden you might mess the players head up or yeah. he might speak to someone else who he's speaking to. And so um, we we done it that way, which was fine. Um, I thought Steve was good. He had a bad few weeks, I think. Obviously yeah. Liverpool yeah. lost the title. Yeah. Ronnie O'Sullivan got beaten the fire where he spoke to <laughs> and then we went out in the group stages yeah. so I don't think he had the best of so that second book he was going to bring out got <laughs> so I don't think he had the best of um, months um, but yeah it did. Um, we went out to Portugal um, and the drug testers come over South American obviously worked for FIFA and I was the first one to get done it was so strange the, they tried to get blood out of me last time couldn't get any and then they were like Digging it in, right in the needle, then starting me by time, couldn't get it in my arm, we were like all bruised. Yeah. And then they forgot to take the, oh, they hadn't taken the, the clasp off. They met, we put a complaint in because they messed yeah. up, then you you were doing both your iron and blood. So when you were doing the your iron, they were just putting it yeah. on the side. So it was all getting mixed up. All the players. Wow. So if one player was, I'd done yeah. something, it was just all, so we put a complaint into FIFA on that. Um, that was in Portugal yeah, yeah that was in Portugal um, but then other than that the preparation yeah. everything was was fine the food was terrible yeah in well, Brazil what was the so we spoke to the chef we couldn't get food in from England so we had to get food from Brazil and like the chicken everything was it was, it was terrible what do you mean like wasn't well cooked or just wasn't it just good well, food yeah well good quality for, for us to prepare and you try and get everything right food was, was nowhere near and the uh, like you can tell like um, a diva or whatever but yeah. you be trying to do everything yeah. right and the food weren't, weren't good enough well I must admit I mean you were in the middle of Rio uh, training at the end of Copacabana and from a journalist's point of view that was amazing because you got to stay on Copacabana and yeah. brilliant but I did wonder why you were there because the traffic was poor it took us about an hour I think to get to train yeah. It was a strange location and the hotel went on. It was like a tall, obviously, city hotel. Yeah. Um, rather than in previously in South Africa, in Germany, they were isolated hotels, which was better um, for us. So um, it was a strange location um, where we where we stayed and um, training pitch was fine. Mm-hmm. That was all okay. Um, and then obviously the results mm. weren't good enough. But I felt you actually played well in that World Cup as a team. I mean, the results were the historically the worst ever England results at a tournament. But I think if you look at the performances, you played against a really good Italy team. Yeah. And it could have gone either way. And yet, two brilliant players in Marchisio and Perlo who made a difference. Yeah. But it wasn't, you were a young team. It wasn't like you were beaten by a team that you would say England should have beaten. Yeah, no, I think we certainly could have won that Italy game and the same with um, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. I think we were the best team and then obviously um, it was and it was that like you were out after the Uruguay game was it, and there was a it was Stevie's back pass was it what? it was his header back header yeah so we, we could have so then to go out <laughs> after two games that was that was horrible remember um, and then going into the Costa Rica game mm. weird pointless yeah it was weird yeah. You just didn't want to be there. It was a very strange tournament. You just um, didn't want to be there, and it was, um, and then you played for Pride, and, and I think Roy took a different 
substantive name how he dealt with the players um, for that tournament mm-hmm. so he was working with Steve Peters as well and yeah. um, he managed it a little bit different as well mm-hmm. and then you could see before the Costa Rica game that had all gone oh, right, it was back to yeah, drilling he, there he, he went he got his angry head on again yeah okay. um, but yeah that was again to go out yeah. after two games and it was just horrible I felt the goal you scored as a team um, against Italy you cross it for Sturridge from the left I mean that's that's one of the best things in World Cup goals mm-hmm. it's a fantastic goal that was what that team could do when it when it clicked yeah no, I think we Sturridge was obviously um, in good form mm-hmm. um, and for, for that sort of being honest um, I think myself and Stephen had to mm-hmm. had to manage Sturridge throughout yeah. the whole tournament yeah in he terms was, of the pressure and stuff he was a player who needed a lot of confidence in yeah. him um, we had to manage him yeah. between the two of us and I'm thinking I'm having to manage this player who's taking took my spot in the team <laughs> if I'm playing out loud so I'm trying to help him yeah. and giving him um, there's loads of things we had to do to first of all get him on the pitch Yeah. so we're giving him a lot of confidence mm-hmm. trying to give him confidence and belief and trying to tell him he's not injured and stuff like that which is crazy really yeah. and that's taking a lot of focus and time up as well yeah you played on the left and you played yeah. really well do you mind doing that shift yeah I've never, I didn't mind at times playing on the left um, I didn't want to play there mm. consistently but I've played on the left right mm. different times and um, not so much for England more obviously for United but um, mm. yeah I didn't, didn't obviously I would prefer to play up mm. top but didn't mind at times sometimes mm. you, you go there and you get more space and mm-hmm. you can get on the ball a bit more so um, at times it didn't matter the, and the Uruguay game brought your first World Cup goal and I think you hit the post with a header didn't yeah. you earlier on and then keeper made a really good save at another point was it in your mind at all that like when am I going to score yeah, yeah <laughs> it was and was thinking about scoring and obviously getting off the mark in the World mm-hmm. Cup and, and stuff and so yeah it plays on your mind a bit yeah um, I'd scored in different tournaments at the Oros and mm-hmm. just the World Cup I just managed to mm-hmm. obviously until that moment so um, that was frustrating that I'd get my first goal and then and you're out yeah so you, About 10 minutes you wanted later. to obviously score and then try yeah. and kick on and, and um, I felt that would happen yeah. normally I'd go on runs but then to go out mm-hmm. in the tournament was, was frustrating do you remember the finish? yes <laughs> To yard out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adjust your feet. Then. Yeah, no, that's quite decent. Yeah, but I don't think I could have missed that one. <laughs> um, it just obviously felt yeah. in nice um, position and mm. good tapping. So, and, and we mentioned the winning goal for Uruguay and came off Stephen's head and Suarez ran in and I mean absolutely smashed it in. Yeah. What was he like to play against that day? Because he'd come back from a knee injury and he just looked like he was on a personal mission to get his team through. He was always hard to play in Suarez and oh, I can imagine for defenders as well. He's, he doesn't stop. and um, Strange really because he's, he almost boots the ball at you on purpose and somehow gets the rebound and ricochet. And, um, but no, he was at, at that time as well. I think um, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, incredible player I mean he's a street player isn't he and I think at heart you were a bit of a street player as well yeah I think that Uruguay team was that's what yeah. we were and, um, 
they were horrible. They, they didn't really let us get into a rhythm in the game. There was always little fouls. And, yeah. Um, I remember, I think, I spoke with the press about the game management of, of, of us as a team and yeah. or even sometimes staying down, trying to get people booked and, yeah. and stuff like that, which other countries were a lot better at than what we were. Um, and that's what they'd done the whole game, didn't let us get into a rhythm and, mm. um, and then they snatched the win from us. I remember it well, you, you, you gave the press conference, the kind of dreaded farewell press conference when England were about to fly home, but you said exactly that. You said we need to get more streetwise. We maybe need to... You know, realise that you can still do all the English fair play, but just be a little bit smarter. Yeah, I think, especially the South American teams, mm-hmm. that's a real centre there, and um, and how they they come the referee and mm-hmm. um, they take the sting out the game, mm-hmm. um, and we we were never good for that. Reflecting on it all, you know, how do you how do you feel about it? Do you feel like just regret that England didn't do it in your time? What do you feel the, the differences were? Was there was one thing that kind of stopped you doing that? Um, strange, there's regret, um, but then there's also pride. Yeah. Um, so there's different emotions um, mm-hmm. from it, and obviously you, you always look back and you think, as, as a team, um, we failed to, to do what we wanted and what we mm-hmm. thought we were capable of. Um, so that's where the regret comes in, but... Um, and I think it always goes back to it. It's from my point of view, and obviously on my teammates, not my teammates. It was never through a lack of trying. Mm-hmm. It was maybe at that tournament or in certain games he wasn't good enough, and that that's cost us really. So huge amount of pride playing for Continental World Cup, but also regret that we didn't actually go further mm-hmm. than we did. And do you feel, you know, the, maybe there were bits of your career that worked out better, but you couldn't have tried any more at World Cups you don't look at them with personal sort of regret or anything you... no I think the only one is probably 2006 or so probably looking back you would not have underwent probably but mm. um, I know from the work which has gone into detail on on you know was trying to get the food right and details around what we were trying to do mm. and get everything right um, we tried everything mm. we could to make sure we had the best of everything yeah. we could to um, make sure we mm. perform best on the pitch and um, just where to be. Thanks, Wayne. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Jonathan and Wayne Rooney there. Remember, we're going to be bringing you a daily podcast throughout the World Cup. So hit the notification button. Make sure you're subscribed. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash the game. And remember, download the Times app for more of our great journalism throughout the tournament. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.